0: Hey, this is Lizelle. And I'm Krista. And you're listening to Women Who Start Up Radio. A
1: show about adventurous, innovative female entrepreneurs.
0: Today we're talking to Holly Kurtz, a successful creative director. Who
1: tried her hand at entrepreneurship and is here to tell us her story. Holly is the epitome of a creative director. She is polished. She has this really cool way about her like every time i see her i'm i'm like a bit jealous of like her cool jewelry and like you know her style she really exudes this like cool creative confidence she's soft spoken and yet Uh, really knows what she's talking about. She's very genuine and, and is a great listener. Like you can tell she deals with clients a lot and is used to doing more listening so that she can really think about what you're saying and then give you a thoughtful answer. Hi, my name is Holly Kurtz and I'm happy to be here. Holly is currently the creative director at an agency in Denver called Pilgrim. As a creative director
2: in an ad agency, I have a team, a very small team of art directors and designers. So maybe we get a client call like, hey, we have this project, you know, we want to talk to you guys about it. And then we'll go and we'll meet with the client and we'll, you know, hear what the project is. And then we'll talk about what their goals are. And then we'll put it all in a brief. So we give it back to the client and they sign off on it. So we all know that we're marching towards the same end goals and and what success
1: is gonna look like and what the key messaging is and what the key insight is. It's really difficult to listen to a business owner tell you what they want and then turn that into something that they didn't even know that they wanted. That's what great creatives do. I
2: think what I'm really good at is synthesizing a lot of information um, and then kind of outputting it in a more organized way and finding those connections that maybe aren't obvious from this you know, big, broad, bucket of information and finding those connections and making them work in a creative way. I'm one that likes to have more information than I necessarily need because sometimes you just never know where you're going to find that insight. And then once you make those connections, they're, they're obvious and that's when you get that aha moment or that funny little thing. Originally, I'm from Ohio. I went to Denison University. It's a small liberal arts college in Granville, Ohio. Super tiny. I majored in English and creative writing and moved out to Colorado after college to do the Ski Bum Mountain waitressing thing. I kind of knew even then that I wanted to do something in advertising, just I always enjoyed the writing side. and As a creative writer, wasn't 100% sure that I'd be able to make a living that way. Writing my poems like a like a beatnik, drinking my coffee. So advertising was always always in the back
1: of my mind as maybe a possible career path to pay the rent. Holly really wanted to uh, be a poet when she was younger. But then, like so many poets, ended up uh, in advertising. <laughs> advertising is really strange on the creative side. There's, it's hard to break
2: into. It's the chicken before the egg. Like, you have to have... A book to get a job, but how do you get a book without having a job? <laughs> so you end up working really hard and not making any money until you can start to prove yourself. So it's tough and it's stressful and it's um, hard on the ego. You know, you get a lot of rejection. It's it's not easy on young people.
1: Holly took a job in the mailroom to get her start in advertising. It was in Boston, and I was in, an intern. It was my first internship. And it was my job to, they had one fax
2: machine, it was my job to deliver the faxes around to people in the office. This was also, people still smoked in their offices. And they still drank. It was like Mad Men circa 1990. One.
1: <laughs> she was handing out faxes to people until someone gave her a chance to write her first ad. That was, that was really fun. I was in the car with my friend when I
2: heard my radio spot. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, that's my radio spot.
0: Holly tells us about flip-flopping for a good portion of her career between being a freelancer and going back to an agency. And being a freelancer and going back to an agency.
1: Every two years, almost like clockwork. Two years in an agency, two years
2: freelance, two years in an agency, two years freelance. And then that inevitably would lead to another job offer. So you start freelancing again and you get a client that you really like. And inevitably, somebody eventually would be like, hey, why don't you come aboard? And, you know, I just kept getting sucked into both sides for various reasons. And it just seems to have defined my career. <laughs> Holly attributes wanting to move every two years to being a creative. As soon as I reach a goal, I'm like, okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? Like, I can't really just be. Maybe I need to take some Buddhism lessons or something so I can do more being and less doing. Um, But I do think that's part of the creative personality. I get restless. I go, okay, what? I want to move on. I want to try something different. I want to stretch myself. I want to try this challenge. And, you know, once you finish one project, you're, you're like, okay, what's next? It's squirmy.
0: It's the monkey mind. We feel very restless. And I think I
2: would just get frustrated and think, gosh, if I could just do this my way and I could do it the
0: way I wanted to do it, it'd be so much more fun and rewarding. And Freelancing, you are running every component and you are your product or your service. And it's
1: funny to me as an entrepreneur, I find the thought of being a freelancer terrifying. It's weird. Like I, I really, I, I can't imagine, hey, you're buying me. It's like, it's almost too personal. Freelancing is extremely personal. You
0: are the product, the byproduct, the decision maker, and the service provider. That's it. It's all you. You're putting your soul out there. I mean, you really feel like it's part of
2: yourself. And so when it's criticized or is interpreted as criticism, it does affect you emotionally and you do take it personally. It can make or break careers, right? Not
0: being able to take the heat when you're in the kitchen. So
2: I think just over the years, you do that over and over again, you have to keep putting yourself out there. You kind of learn that, it's not really about you it's a it's a business you know there's certain strategies and certain goals and you know there's a brief and so just because someone rejects your idea you kind of start to get used to that sense of well they're not rejecting me this isn't just this just isn't right for this assignment so it does start to get a little easier and i think as you grow in your career you start to see more and more sides of the business and how the business works and once you understand the whole machinery of it it becomes less and less personal, right? So starting out like the soul of a poet where you feel like you're pouring your heart out and then, you know, gradually you move into, um, oh, this is a business and I'm solving a business problem. So it's kind of a progression and you, you hope you still keep the passion and the heart in it as you grow.
0: We'd like to thank P2BI for being a who Startup
1: Sponsor. Kristen
0: Morgan is the co-founder and CEO of P2B Investor. Four years ago,
1: I was living in London. I had a real job with a real paycheck, and all of a sudden I learned about this type of business finance that they call factoring. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if you could crowdfund that. And so we've been lending money for just under 2 years.
0: We'd like to thank PDBI for being a Woman to Startup Radio sponsor. You can learn more about Krista's company at pdbi.com. Holly decides
1: that she's going to partner up with another creative and start her own agency called Grit.
2: Well, I'm in Denver and I knew I wasn't leaving Denver and Denver's pretty small city still. But I reached this point where I felt like I worked for most of the agencies in town. And my perception was, at my level, there weren't enough jobs available at the good agencies. And, you know, I'd always thought about starting my own business and and never really took it seriously. And I was freelancing at the time. So it didn't feel like a big risk that I had to quit my job to like go for my dream. It just sort of felt like, well, I'll try it. And If it doesn't work, I can still continue to freelance. I just thought, well, maybe this is the time to try it.
0: Fuck the agencies, I'm the agency.
2: A partner of mine we'd worked together off and on wanted
1: to start his own thing too. He was an art director that she had worked with on a number of projects. When we'd always gotten along really
2: well, we were like creative partners and felt like we had good ideas together. And so we're
0: like, why not? Let's do it, the time is now. Building a company means you're bringing in other people to build beyond yourself. So finding those other people is critical to your success.
1: In a way, it's that whole, you know, the sum is greater than the parts and you will be able to do more together.
2: We were really excited out of the gate. I mean, we were like, we can do it better than traditional agencies and they're charging you too much and they have too much overhead and they have all this process that you don't need and all you really need is a great creative idea. Starting a company,
0: you have this outlook, this worldview, this ocean
2: perspective. We had a pretty great trajectory out of the gate. We landed a couple big clients and they were pretty big budget you know so we we launched right away and we were super busy and we were working on great stuff and we felt really good about it I mean it was it was exciting.
0: Freelancing you know you're on your own. Entrepreneurship means now I'm no longer on my own and that's
1: amazing but now
0: There was this other component.
1: To no longer be a freelancer and to actually start her own agency, it felt really different.
0: Things change when you start to bring on board a co-founder or a business partner. Now it's business. It's the two of you. It's no longer you and your socks in the kitchen.
2: The partnership did feel more like a real business. Freelance was, I can turn off the spigot and turn it on more easily than... When you're starting a real
1: business, you don't want to turn down that work and you're trying to grow. Things get more real. Now you have to communicate and collaborate. Now I can say, hey, you don't buy me, just buy my super idea, buy my company, buy this big thing I'm building.
0: Freelance, working in an agency, entrepreneurship three very dynamic things that she's achieved in her career.
1: Holly attributes wanting to move every two years to being a creative, but I think it's as much a a function of her being an entrepreneur as being a creative.
0: And let's not separate creatives from entrepreneurship because creative entrepreneurship is what we all do.
1: We have this perception that you're either choosing to be an entrepreneur or you're choosing to have a career path, that you're on one path or the other. I think whether you're creative or an entrepreneur, you will get excited about new ideas.
2: And freelancing is not entrepreneurship. But I didn't necessarily know that when I started my own business. And I do think being a freelancer made it easier for me to take that leap because it didn't feel like a big, giant leap. It didn't feel like, oh, my God, I have to quit my job to go do this thing. It didn't. It wasn't a huge decision like that. It was like, oh, it feels like a like an evolution of freelance where I'm just going to hire some people that help me continue to do my thing. And get a little bigger and it's so it wasn't
0: as scary I think is is what a lot of people have to go through going from freelancer to entrepreneur is a unique transition in one's career
2: the difference between freelance and entrepreneurship for me was I guess just the unexpected pressure There's just so much more to worry about. I got to set up the phones. I got to get business insurance. I got to find the office space. I got to order the chairs. You know, all of those, there's just a
0: million things that you don't think about. You don't know this when you begin. You just don't know this the first time around. And you don't know this If you've been a freelancer. I think we were both really serious about it and wanted it to work. We were excited about it. We thought we'd do a great job,
2: but we didn't necessarily do a business plan or define our roles or, you know, all those things that you're supposed to do when you're an entrepreneur. We just sort of like leap and the net will appear kind of attitude.
1: The problem with defining roles when you're in that really early stage is that you don't even know all the shit that you're going to need to do. So it's hard to write that all down. I think what I didn't, expect with adding that partnership
2: is how much more responsibility there was and that you have to sort of deliberately talk about how to define those roles. So, you know, who is going to go out and get the business insurance?
0: Like who is going to call the IT guy to get our network set up? You got to define that shit. Well, one of us has to be the one who's going to go find the clients and find the money. And one of us has to do more of the fucking administrative stuff. And one of us also has to pay the bills. And one of us also has to lock up the office space. And If you don't talk about that, then it's sort of just whoever does it now owns it. What am I owning? Because that puts me into my power so I can add value fully. Otherwise, I'm kind of like... Am I stepping on somebody's toes? Am I just here to fill up space? Ah!
1: No, no. Clarity, clarity is critical. One of my first jobs was at a little creative agency in London. The two guys that ran it were awesome, and one was very much our creative director. And then, you know, his partner was really good at all the administrative stuff, and they were a great team. But you knew who was who. We all, like, all, anyone who worked there knew who was doing what. Like, I've talked to people now since then who, you know, maybe they have four or
2: five partners. And they went into it knowing, all right, you, you're responsible for health insurance. You're responsible for setting up the phones. You're responsible for business insurance or what it whatever it is. And they would divide the yucky stuff amongst themselves so no one person felt like they were burdened
1: with The stuff that nobody wanted to do. I'm like, that's the shit I like doing. But it is, for most entrepreneurs, not the fun part.
0: Thanks to Steno for being a Woman Who Startup Radio sponsor.
1: I'm Lindsey Strickler, and I'm Rex Roberts, and we are co-owners of Steno. Steno is built for formidable women and men who are excellent at what they do, that need a place to be productive and get shit done.
0: There's a time and a place for networking. There's a time and a place for getting work done, and there's a time and a place for fun. We wanted to provide a space where there's a little bit of separation for that. We see Steno as the place for productivity, getting away from the distractions, but still having a really cool space to work out of. Thanks to Steno for being a Woman Who Startup Radio sponsor. You can learn more at StenoDenver.com. StenoDenver.com. A lot of people who are great at a skill start a company, and then they have to trade a little bit for now becoming a business owner. Think about a dentist. Think about a creative writer. Think about a graphic designer. Think about a web designer. Very service-based oriented people that go, oh, I want to do things my way. There's a transition that happens there. You have to become the business owner or you have to remain the creative or the dentist or the physical therapist or the copywriter. Being both, I don't know if it's possible. You have to make a rather profound decision, which is to say, am I transitioning from creative to business owner? Or am I starting this company and I'm going to bring in a CEO because I want to remain the creative?
2: We were two creatives that just were so excited and passionate about the work and just really wanted to do fun, creative, great stuff
1: that we really neglected the operational part of it. It's challenging for two creative people to split up administrative work that neither of them wants to do. And
0: not really surprising that two very talented and successful creatives went into a business and didn't really pay much mind. all the business administrative and operational stuff.
1: It's normal to want to go into business with someone that you like working with. And so it's natural to want to go into business with someone who loves the creative as much as you do and cares about the creative. Choosing your business partner.
2: I mean, I think that goes along with planning better, like really doing some critical thinking around who that partner is and why, you know, like staffing to your weaknesses, for example, rather than who am I going to have fun with? That's really not, maybe the best
1: and it's hard no matter who you choose it's going to be hard
2: because we were both creatives we couldn't both just do the creative part of all the time so I found myself trying to just really get all that other stuff up and going and out of the way with the thought that oh and then I'll be able to then I'll be able to get to that part that I love (laughs) once I get all the all the nuts and bolts into the place I'll be able to get back to you know the good part of it And that's not really true. I mean, you have to do the operational part of it all of the time.
1: All the operational stuff was sort of the stuff she hated, and she just wanted to get down to being a creative at the end of the day. So it wasn't necessarily that I was not able to touch the creative part of it, because I felt like I was
2: still deeply involved in that and hands-on, because I would try to do kind of the yucky stuff during the day, like the, the work work, and then do the creative part at night. So I'd put the kids to bed and then, you know, be
0: up for hours doing the writing or the creative thinking or the strategy. Now, all day, she's working on administrative operational stuff. And hopefully at night, she gets the time after the kids go to bed to do the creative stuff. That's a huge shift. It was more
2: the bootstrapping thing. We thought, well, why hire out when we can do it ourselves? I'm not going to go hire a copywriter because I
1: can do it myself. So I was trying to do both. So Holly was working all day running the operations, going home trying to be with her family and then spending her nights trying to, you know, get her creative work done. You know, it was really stressful. I wasn't happy because I was just
2: burning the candle at both ends and I felt like I wasn't doing any of my jobs really well. I felt like I wasn't being a good mom and I felt like I wasn't being a good wife and I wasn't being a good business partner. <laughs> you know,
0: you just pulled in so many different directions. I'm exhausted. I'm not giving all this love that I'm capable of, usually, because I'm just so flat on my battery pack. Maybe this is not working out. Maybe this is not the ideal situation I've been crafting in my mind for some time.
1: Part of being an entrepreneur is knowing when you have to walk away. This experience made Holly consider a
0: change a huge change.
2: I had an offer. The job where I am now, they called me somewhat out of the blue and it's pretty decent hours, like a normal job. It's pretty decent salary. There's benefits. There's not a lot of travel. It's a creative director position. They'd been in business like 12 years and it just looked like this is where grit could be in 12 years. But it's going to kill me (laughs) to get there.
0: And so it felt like this makes total sense. These things no one prepares you for. This is not written in the books. She knew she wasn't happy, healthy, excited about work. I felt like I wasn't getting that support from my
2: business partner. I'm not sure if we were, in terms of vision aligned, we're where we wanted to take the company. It was hard for me to keep driving those things and carving out the time to keep that engine running. Because, um, again, it's just one more thing taking me away from the creative, and then I get
0: resentful. Holly decides to leave her company, sell it to her business partner, and start over.
2: There was a moment where I thought I could stay at Grit and fight for this company, and I think we would have taken the whole thing down if that had happened. Or I could sell my hat to my partner and let him take it in the direction that he wanted to, and then I could go and just have a normal job and get kind of a break and a breather and kind of take care of some other things in my in my life. When it happened, it felt like failure. You know, I just beat myself up. Like, why couldn't I do this? Why couldn't I make it
1: work? Like, what did I do wrong? Like, it could have been so great, and maybe I quit too early. Like, it just felt like failure. We talk about how failure is good, and you know, entrepreneurial failure is normal, but I can't imagine how hard it must have been for her to walk away from her business. That was really, really tough. It was a really hard decision. I knew it was the right decision.
0: And I still try to talk myself out of it because it was, it was like my baby. Failure and learning is one and the same. Failure means you tried and attempted, you took a risk, you were open, vulnerable, and you attempted. And then maybe the result wasn't exactly how you planned it. That doesn't make it anything other than a profound learning experience. For her, at first walking away from her company felt like failure. Today, years past, it feels like learning. You know, time heals all wounds.
2: The more distance I have from leaving Grit, the more it feels like learning.
0: Listen, it's a huge asset to start and run your own company. It gives you a whole nother perspective and appreciation for operations and doing all the things. It's not just the magic, not just the creativity.
2: You definitely get more of appreciation for all the different roles in an agency like account executives, I always thought, I'm like, why would you want that job? You're just pushing papers around, you're not really making anything, you know, you're just kind of the in between person. And after having to kind of try to fill that role at grit, oh my gosh, it's impossible. Even at that small scale, it's just so much work to keep it going and balancing the books and making sure you can make payroll, you know, all that stuff entrepreneurs go through. And once you see it, and you know how hard it is, think you just treat people with more empathy and that that
1: comes through i think in my management style now and i don't think i had that as much before being an entrepreneur is about building beyond yourself and if you're going to do that you will figure out where to focus your efforts, right? For Holly, she talks about it being creative. You know, for me, I do a lot of fundraising and speaking and marketing and branding. And so I've hired people who do things like accounting and HR management and all the other operational necessities um, that you need to have done so that your company can grow. But obviously I I can't do it all or we'd never get anywhere. I think that was a big mistake that I was afraid We were going to run out of money,
0: and so we had to do everything ourselves. Faith in your company. It's believing what you're building is not just attainable, but it's going to become sustainable. So you have to be your company's champion. Have faith in the future and make that investment up front. Her transition from freelancer to now co-business owner meant that you look at finance
1: differently you would look at investment upfront differently. You look at the outcome differently. You're always kind of balancing the risk of investing versus the benefit of investing, right? So like, should you spend a little bit more money early on to get a little bit further along? So if I were to do it again, I might not have a partner
0: and I might just hire people to, to help me do that kind of stuff. Probably a million other women have that response. The next time I do it, I'm probably going to do it by myself, is what continues to break my heart about women-led companies they start they try they succeed or they f- learn and the next time they try they go solo and i think that prohibits their unbelievable potential for growth
1: having someone to really share the entrepreneurial burden and like the highs and lows with you know is wonderful i go back and forth on the co-founder thing because the fact is it's hard to have a co-founder and share what you're building with someone else when you have the vision. You know, at the same time, what I know is that if you don't let other people in, it's really hard, you know, to just take your company and and make it something great. Because we, no man is, is that whole no man is an island thing? No woman is an island.
0: (laughs) Being an entrepreneur by definition means that we build beyond ourselves. There is
1: no cutting corners on building beyond yourself. You know, if what you really want to do is build something beyond yourself, it really helps to have a co-founder and a team around you. And you get better at choosing the second time around. Right, and so
0: all these things come with time, mentorship, soundboards, community, people that are willing to tell us their experiences and stories. This is why it's so important for all entrepreneurs to tell and share their knowledge. We'd like to thank Habitat for being a Woman Who Startup Radio sponsor. My name is Brad Todd. I'm the founder and designer of Habitat. I really love working with people who are becoming entrepreneurs who are leaving the corporate world because they've got the energy and the drive to do it. And they're they, you know, they taking a big risk, so they want to really do it right. But also because they're coming from the corporate world, they have a very good appreciation for good branding and good marketing and good messaging. So it tends to be a really great fit for me to work with them and really bring out their first steps as an entrepreneur. We'd like to thank Habitat for being a Women Who Startup Radio sponsor. You can learn more about Habitat at HelloHabitat.com.
1: I make the joke all the time that I'm basically unemployable now that I've become an entrepreneur. Yes,
2: right. I don't know if everybody has that experience, but for me, once I did the startup thing, I kind of miss that energy and it feels exciting. And and it might be hard for me to to turn that off now that I've kind of experienced that.
0: Holly's been working at Pilgrim for a while. and. When she started, she said, come hell or high water, she's going to stick it out for longer than two years. I kind of made this mental commitment to myself
2: like, all right, I am not quitting this time. You're going to have to pry my cold, dead body out of my desk chair. And you're going to have to like burn the building down to get me out here.
0: Well, we're right at that edge of two years, and we can tell that quite honestly, she's kind of Maybe done with swimming in your lane again? Uh-oh, here's my two-year two mark. What am I going to do now? You hit a place where you can no longer move up, go up,
1: contribute more, give more. Coming out of entrepreneur and then taking this new, like taking this job and saying, I'm going to stay here. And now you're like, but I want to grow. There's lots to love.
0: But there's also now that rigidness of swimming in your lane again. It's good and it's bad.
2: Like, I feel like I have so much more to offer now. I see all sides of the business and I want to get more involved in the strategy and the business and, and the client meetings. And, and I am, for sure. I mean, nobody's really holding me back from that. But it's, it's under one a single ownership now. And it's, it's his baby. It's his company. He he put the risk and, you know, he didn't go into business with the Holly Kurtz. So he is not you know,
0: he doesn't need me telling him what to do. If she doesn't move out, how does she move up? There is no up.
2: It's one guy and it's his company. And so, yeah, there's nowhere to go. So it's hard not to let your mind go, well, I could get that paycheck on my own and I could do it the way I want to do it and get the same paycheck and have more control over it and do things differently and hire the people I want to hire. You know, So it's a constant battle within me, for sure.
0: I'm either going to become a partner or I'm going to fucking go start my own company again.
2: The part of me that says, gosh, I really want to do that again is it's the good parts right it was fun it was exciting it was ours we felt like we were doing great work and um it's stress but I mean I kind of that's sometimes where I'm at my best like when I get stressed I just go into like action mode you know and then I and then it energizes me that's what I really loved It's creating stuff that I'm proud of and working with people that I like to work with and so that part I want to do again what's holding me back is well how am I going to do it differently how am I going to make sure I don't make those same mistakes and what how is it going to be different in the sense of not do it differently but how is the actual agency or company going to be different like I feel like more and more now these days you
1: know your brand and your story and there's you have to have more of a a purpose. Regardless of what she decides to do next, she wants to be really thoughtful about why is she doing it? What is the motivation behind it? And I think the best entrepreneurs are the ones that really get in touch with why they're doing what they're doing and and have this, you know, real desire to to see change. And maybe it's just like a tiny bit of change in, you know, the way you go about the creative process or how you set up the agency. People come to you because of your purpose and when they
2: associate with you, it says something about themselves. So I think more and more people are looking for those companies
0: that align with their values. It's not that consumers are a little bit more educated. They fucking are so mission and purpose driven. I want to know what's in my food. I want to know what I'm wearing, where it was made.
2: More and more
0: consumers
2: are thinking in that direction, like, who makes my clothes? And, you know, where does my food come from? And, you know, they're they're a little more educated about it. And so in that sense, I feel like ad agencies need to keep up with that. And the same thing they're telling their clients. They need a, a purpose and a brand and a vision and a mission and a voice. like. We need to do it for ourselves, too. So if I were to start another agency, what are my values going to be? How am I going to be different from every other agency out there? How am I going to do it in a new and different and better way?
0: So I'm very, very interested if it's going to be up or if it's going to be out. Once I know what I want, I'm not,
2: I don't think it's fear stopping me from leaping. I think I just need to get clarity on on what I want. And so those are things I'm working on now in my head. I could maybe type some beat poetry on 16th Street Mall and sell those for a nickel. Try that for a while.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Women Who Start Up Radio. We'd like to thank our team. Our sponsors, P2B Investor and Steno Coworking Space. Our producer, Aaron Bassidy, and our engineer and co-producer, Allison Wrights. At Women Who Startup Radio, we're writing women back into history by telling the stories of innovative, adventurous female entrepreneurs. It's time to put on those boots and keep climbing.
2: Keep climbing, for me, means continue to challenge yourself and learn new things. Climbing does imply ambition. I think you have to have a pretty hefty sense of ambition to start your own company but i do think i still strive for the integration of of work and home and not necessarily balance all the time but you know what are the other aspects of my life and continue to work on my relationships
1: you can subscribe to women who Start Up radio on itunes soundcloud or stitcher we love to hear your feedback and your stories Rate us on iTunes and let us know what you think on Twitter at at WWStartupRadio.